This episode of the Boss Horse Podcast is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to learn how to support our family of podcasts, head over to patreon.com slash Media or search for us on the Patreon app on your smart device. Thanks for helping us build something better. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Boss Rush Podcast, a great place to play games and be better. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Derrick, and alongside me, as always, is the PC Muscle Race himself, Laurent Dawkins. Hey, what's poppin'? Hi, Laurent. Hey, Corey. How's it going? I missed you. It's been two weeks. Yeah, I missed you too, man. Uh, you sound a lot better than the last time we spoke. Yeah, this is this is my podcast face. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Yeah, you look bright, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Yeah. yeah you, do. you do, actually. Yeah. Also, drank half of this Red Bull already. It's oh. fine. Also, joining us is the Mac Pharmacist herself, fresh off of PAX, Stephanie Klimov. Thanks. And I'm also fresh out of Red Bull because I donated it to a guy who had a really bad hangover at PAX, and now I have this many Red Bulls. Mm, bad decision. <laughs> Hi. I miss Hi. everybody. Great. I'm here. I am scared, but I'm here. You're scared? It's fine. It's fine. Look, I I am playing <laughs> you okay? the first horror game I've played in a very, very, very <gasps> long time. And I yes. don't know why I agreed to do that. Because of me. Uh, yeah, it's your fault. Uh, it is your fault, actually. Uh, also joining us, who I know has enjoyed this video game, is none other than the wonderful Grayson Morales. Hello. Hello, Grayson. Hi, Corey. Thanks for having Glad me. Glad you're here. <laughs> Happy to be this here. Is, it's been, it's been a while. It's been a long time. It has. It has. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I'm always glad when you're on one of our shows. You are a fan favorite, oh, according to our Discord, who has questions and lots of hearts emojis Aww. and lots of... Shucks. Oh, we love Grayson. He's amazing. Oh, I got to join the Discord now. <laughs> you do. People are talking about me. I got to be there. You do. It's, uh, it's a good time. Uh... But Grayson, we have a few new listeners, according to according to <laughs> Anchor or Spotify for podcasters. Okay. Sorry, it's not Anchor anymore. Uh, you want to tell people what you do and where you're from, or you know why you're so important on the internet? <laughs> why I'm so important? Um, sure. Um, yeah. So my name is Grayson. Um, I'm currently the lead guides editor at GameRant.com, which is a sister site to Screen Rant and The Gamer and some other some other sites. Um, yeah, I've been the lead guys editor since early 2020. God, I'm in mind. 2021. So it's been about two years now, and we I pretty much uh, lead and uh, steer the guide team. Um, we're covering, like, any new launches, any big AAA games, so, like, other indie games, whatever we need covered. Uh, and I also do a lot of writing and editing and stuff, too, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been on the internet for a long time as like a journalism. I, I started <laughs> writing at the small, as a small site, um, like 20, uh, God, like 2011, like 2015, 2016, uh, and then started working at a website called Twin Twinfinite, which is unfortunately undergoing some layoffs right now, which sucks. Um, yeah. And then went to Game Rant. So that's been my, my path. Um, I'm a very big Nintendo fan. I've owned every single major Nintendo console ever. Um, 
my favorite game even the Nintendo Wii U games. Yes, of course I own a Wii U. Yeah, had it launched day. Of course, the Wii U. Of course, makes half of us. Did you turn yours on? Is yours bricked? No, I actually sold it to get a Switch. So sorry. Yeah, but yeah, that's me pretty much in a nutshell. Yeah, my Wii U is still hooked up because Wind Waker is still there. So I know (laughs) Twilight Princess. Yeah, some other stuff. Twilight Princess, Xenoblade X. The best Xenoblade game. Nintendo Land. In my opinion. Which is really fun, I think. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh Someone's excited. Uh, well, Grayson, we're glad you're here. Um, it's always a pleasure. Uh, we ha- we do have a question for you from okay. our very own Shane Kelly. Uh-oh. Shane asks. I'm not prepared for this. Uh, Hope you're well this evening. What is the easiest and hardest genre of game to write a guide for in your experience? Oh, man, that's a good question. Um, I mean, personally, it's hard for me to write about anything that's like. I, I, I can't write like build guides for like RPGs and things like that. I usually assign that to other people who like really like to get deep into that stuff. I hate I'm not the type of person when I play games to min max or like try to get the strongest weapons immediately. I just kind of play the game as intended and kind of just let the game carry me and just pick the full weapons I buy that just like increase my power a little bit, but I'm not trying to like achieve the best build, like sorcerer build like, that kind of stuff. I think is really hard to write. Um, and the easiest game to cover, I, I think is, is just like, I don't know. Um, maybe like a platformer or like, I don't know, uh, like an action RPG or something, or you're just like, or like a horror game, like Resident Evil four is like a pretty, I think easy game to cover. Cause it's just like puzzles and you just have to figure out how to get those puzzles done, but it's not very deep. You know, it's very straightforward. Um, so I guess that's my answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would uh, I would imagine like a big RPG. I'm, I imagine Zelda, the Tears of the Kingdom is going to be like an incredible. Uh, yeah, it's tall task. Yeah, with the different combinations of things. I don't even know what I don't even know what to how to even start. It's just going to be insane. Trying everything out, like having a list of every single food combination, every weapon fusion combination, the best weapon fusion. It's just like, oh, God, all this. And people are going to look up all that stuff. It's it's wild. <sighs> yeah. Can't wait. Can't wait for Zelda. Mm-hmm. So anyways, Grayson, I already said this, but we're glad you're here uh, to talk about probably some Zelda, I'm sure. Probably some packs, I'm sure. Probably some other th- Resident Evil, I'm sure. Uh, if you want to be a Patreon producer, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Media, and find out which tier is right for you. Our Patreon producers at the $5 tier or higher for this month are Adriel Munger, Austin Campbell, Celeste Roberts, Christian S., Sana Deering, Francisco Santillan, and Rebecca Jewell. Thank you for your continued support. Where do we want to jump off at? <laughs> I mean... Stephanie, you were at PAX. You want to you want to talk about PAX first? Sure. I'm Do you want to... a short, a middle, or a long version of it? Oh, yeah. right. Maybe a middle. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Let's see where it goes. Let's see what happens. If we're All bored, right. we'll just say shut up. 
Okay, <laughs> perfect. Well, first of all, PAX was fantastic. Um, I went with Pat from EXP Cast and David Lasby, our editor in chief over at Boss Rush website. Um, it was great. I nearly strangled David to death because it was the first time I saw him in person and I gave him a hug. Um, I mean, I'm not that I, I saw, I met Pat already, so I, I gave him a hug too. But anyway, um, I commuted the first and last day because staying at a hotel in Boston is very expensive, which is fine. Um, they got to see my road rage in the city and how Bostonians drive. <laughs> but overall, it, you know, it was pretty smooth. We, you know, first time being media. So we went as media. Maybe I should clarify that. So we actually were there to work. Um, we made a couple of appointments. We've decided just to, you know, have a few, but don't completely clog up our schedules. Uh, we already assumed that Saturday would be our busiest day, the busiest day. Thursday, they give an extra hour to media, and they call it media hour from 9 to 10 in the morning. And at 10 o'clock, the door is open for everybody. Uh, we probably didn't use ours the mo the, very wisely because there was a exclusive Tears of the Kingdom pin only at PAX. So like, oh, we're going to use media hour to wait in line for the pin. <laughs> you know, instead of hitting some really big publishing companies to talk to. Yeah, it's fine. It sounds important to me. I mean, that's high priority. Um, There's nothing more important than Zelda. To be but here's the that. thing. And Laurent, you tell me if this sounds like Nintendo or all of you guys. Mm -hmm. We figured, okay. All right. So first of all, you walk in, you see the Link statue beautiful gorgeous statue if it wasn't for like the bajillion security guards i would have ran after it and tackled it and made sweet love to it but there were a lot of security there i took pictures blah blah blah. then there was the nintendo booth in the exhibit hall so we figure pin must be at nintendo booth where else would the pin be so we somewhere where, you somewhere say pin can. like the thing you like put to your clothes right yes mm -hmm. pin. okay 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 and we, you know, media hour opened up and turns out Nintendo didn't open up till 930. So, you know, we kind of did whatever for 30 minutes. Then we got in line. There was already a line and we we waited for 15 minutes. Line barely moved. And then someone's like, oh, this is just where you can get um, a split a Splatoon pins or mm. Splatoon merch. And we're like. What about Zelda? Oh, it's up front by the Link statue. And I'm like, what? what? So we wasted all this time, but there was no signs, nothing that says, like, all right, yeah. you walk in, there's the Link statue. The the booth where you get the pin is behind the stat the wall where the statue is, in the back. Hmm. We get the pen. <laughs> so yes, later. Because by the time we realized it and went upstairs, the line was like <laughs> Like, so, so we just kind of gave up by the end of the day when we were about to leave we saw ladies still sitting at the table no line because everyone's gone we're like are there still pins yeah so that's where we got our pins took our picture with link the statue and pat nearly got arrested for touching the link statue i exaggerate but they, they were just as he should no but pat, pat was like doing this like barely he was just about to touch the hand of link and the guy's like don't touch the statue that was great sounds like nintendo oh. yeah so nintendo was yeah, being yeah, very big 
I wish it would have been like a Gerudo guard from Ocarina of Time and thrown you back in jail if they found you. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. Um, actually, I'm not sure because then people will do that on purpose. But um, So, no, I, I did not make the best use of my immediate hour. Now I know next time, just 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 pick a, the most popular publisher or developer and play their game. And then I'll get the pin another time. Uh, it was sold out the next day. But so... That was kind of how it started. Um, now I'm just going to really not go in order. But, you know, I checked out a lot of indie devs. Um, a lot of them, you know, mostly people have never heard of. Um, wow. I'm like just... I, I, I'll, I'll admit, I also hit up a lot of merch first. I just figured I'd have to spend all my money. Oof. And the first one, I'm not going to take it off the wall. It's a 3D shadow box of where the young Link enters Hyrule Field for the first time in Ocarina of Time. Mm. Absolutely gorgeous. Cool. Uh, it's by Artovision. I want to do an interview with them or have them on the podcast. It's a father-son business where they do 3D shadow boxes of video games and media. They, because of the popularity of Metroid, they're now doing like a lot of Metroid 3D shadow boxes. It's just really beautiful stuff. And I wanted it last year, but I didn't have the money. So the fact that I still wanted it this year, I'm like, all right, I'm pretty sure I won't regret it if I buy it. I saw stopped by uh, Video Games New York. Uh, they are a merch company, but they also publish a few titles as well. Like I got this Yuppie Psycho uh, physical edition. They they published it. And this is the elite edition. What was curious uh, or interesting when I spoke to them, I'm like, what what would you what constitutes as an elite edition? <laughs> and I guess they talked to like collectors, and I guess a lot of collectors' responses is we miss the game manuals. So they put in like a game manual and a poster and they only charge this like an extra $5 more than the non-elite edition. I mean, it's there's no statue. There's no um, wooden no board or something. Or but it, they only charge $5 more. So I feel like it's fair. Stop by Limited Run. Of course, you always got to get there early. I got myself a PAX exclusive Axiom Verge 2 Ooh, box. That's cool. I got nice. Castlevania collection. Nice. I got a tunic oh. stuffy. <laughs> He's so cute. Uh, I got a crap ton of pins. I, I won't um, bother you with that. Um, and let's see. I got a book. Um, written by Dr. Bean, who wrote The Psychology of Zelda. Oh. Cool. It's called In Integrating Geek Culture into Therapeutic Practice. But anyway, enough <laughs> of that stuff. But more about playing games. So I demoed a lot of stuff. Uh, we checked out Moon Eye Studio. They have a couple good indie games there. One's called Shumi Come Home. You play as a cute little mushroom. <laughs> And you platform and you solve puzzles. It's a little Wind Waker-esque only in the sense that it's got cell shading uh, and you glide on a leaf. Um, but for the most part, it's just more exploratory and puzzles. Um, let's see. Oh, my goodness. I probably should. Oh, I can pull up my schedule because I don't want to waste all y'all's time. Uh Chorus Worldwide. All right, this is a huge chunk. I'm pretty sure we visited this booth every day. So Chorus Worldwide and Toge Studios were like were across each other. So we got to see all their games. I got to demo Coffee Talk too. Ooh, nice. Fantastic. 
Toge is brilliant. They opened a bunch of like coffee bean stuff. So the whole booth smelled like coffee. That's cool. It was awesome. So it, it mm. was a great demo. They do like a basic intro. Um, I also demoed, it's a game that already came out though, A Space for the Unbound. Pat is a huge fan of that game. Oh, I heard that um, game's really good. Yes. Very good. Uh, David got to interview one of the writers of Coffee Talk 2. And then Pat got to interview the creator of A Space for the Unbound. It was really awesome to be able to talk to those creators. Like, just absolutely brilliant. And playing their games, meeting them. Like, we love them so much, we swung by, like, almost every <laughs> every day. <laughs> um, so that's Toge and Chorus Worldwide. I also stopped by Berserk Studio and tried uh, Infernax. I guess Limited Run published one of their games, and they're about to release a co-op. It was cool. They had a nice couch setup. I got to um, sit and talk to the writer of the game. So like mm -hmm. most of my excitement comes from the people that actually involved with creating it. Um, that's a game that that's game like, um, Zelda two, right? It's like a 2d. Yes. Like it's like really exactly. difficult. Too. Yes. Yeah. It's a mixture of Zelda two and Castlevania two. Mm -hmm. Hey, Corey, I actually <laughs> like, made what? it through the demo. If I can do it, you can do it too. It's really hard. It's on game pass. I think. I think it launched oh, it like Game Pass is? or something. Yeah, I, I oh, remember perfect. playing it on the cloud, like on my Game Pass account. When it okay, came I'll have to check it out. Yeah. No, but you're right. It, it is hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, but he taught... What's he it called? Uh, Infernax. Infernax. Okay. I think I've seen it on Game Pass. I think mm -hmm. it's on Game Pass. It kind of had a low-key launch. Yeah. Last year, I think. Uh, let's see. What else? Um, we visited prideful sloth i'm trying to remember what games i i played there it was just a lot um slay the princess so there's an area called pax rising where they kind of they hand cherry pick some of the most exciting or fan favorite games one of them slay the princess it's hand drawn and it's um kind of a just a narrative where you just pick the responses um where was I going with that? The reason why I loved it is I got to meet the artist. I got to meet the composer. I got to meet the dev. And I think they won one of the PAX Rising contests. Um, and there's mm -hmm. another one, Sovereign Syndicate by Crimson Herring. It is a CRPG. I know Corey likes anything card-based. Uh, but it, <laughs> Love it, it. But it's more like... Like when you play a like an old school RPG where you roll dice, instead of rolling dice, you pick a tarot card. I had no idea mm -hmm. what they meant. I was just more about picking choices. It's a lot like Divinity, Original Sin, kind of like that a little bit. So uh, let me see, try to get a couple things. Um, all right, so another one I want to talk about. It's actually not a video game, but this was an interesting concept, and I had a lot of fun. It's called Crit Rate. The two founders of Crit Rate are both named Justin, so it was great for me because I could remember their names. And it's a video game recommendation platform. Huh. I believe they also own a business where they, I'll have to look it up, it's Eon Gaming, where they kind of, provide technology to support older gaming systems like the Nintendo 64. Crit rate works a little similarly, but not the same as oh. how games are recommended on Steam. But the, the the their hook is you take like a personality quiz. You know the Meyer Briggs personality yeah. thing? Mm -hmm. So you take question uh, you you answer questions that 
cater to your gaming habits, the kind of stuff you like to play. Do you like to play alone? Blah, blah, blah. And then you get sorted into like five houses and each house explains the type of gamer that you are. Like one is you're a gamer, gamer, where you're, you're, you're all about the community where you do that to socialize. There's a type of gamer that's very competitive. There's a type of gamer that's there just for the exploration, which is me. So I'm wearing their shirt right now. This is the Curio Knot. So okay. Patrick and I, uh, I think and David too, we're all Curio Knots. And based on the house you're sorted in, you are given game recommendations by other people that are sorted into that house. Because when you're looking at a Metacritic score or a Steam recommendation, that's a whole aggregate. That's just everybody giving their opinion about what game it is. But are you really comparing apples to oranges? Because if this is the example I I use, and heaven forbid I use this example because this episode will get a bad review on Apple Podcasts. But Elden Ring, great game. Almost everybody probably can say it definitely deserves a game of the year. But for a curio not or a person like me, I might not necessarily like Elden Ring, even though it is a good quality game. You know what I'm saying? So if I look up a Metacritic score or rec- re- uh, reviews on Steam, I might see that's a great game. I mean, how many people have you heard that never play a game like Elden Ring? They see how popular and highly rated it is. So they play it for that reason and then wonder why they didn't like it. That was like half of Boss Rush, I feel like. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that's kind yeah. of crit rates like uh, message is we're, we're a game recommendation platform based off of the type of community that likes games like you. And I can go in and I can rate games. It's like a like it, a love it, or a leave it. So it's, cool. it's like it's like having your own personal Metacritic. It's like but all the reviewers like games that you like. It's like so you can see exactly like, do, are, do people do people like me like this game, which is really interesting because there's like exactly. no other platform that you can do that. Like you could no way to really get recommendations for games that and for that specific type of uh, recommendations, you know, is there a way to find this thing or is it, is it interactive somewhere out there? I'd love to check and check this out. Oh, I'll totally put the link in the chat. It's, it's really fun and it's easy. So okay. is it like in like um, a beta sort of thing or is it like fully it's there. fully live. Oh, okay. They are so the the tough part is they're Drop still it ma- right now. <laughs> All right, oh, hold on, let me. They're ma- they're manually updating their game library. They'll okay. eventually, when they scale, they're gonna have to want to find a way to automate because there's just too many games out there. Mm-hmm. But it is, it is a live service, so okay. to speak. That's cool. Um, I don't have to pay anything. And the the cool thing. Um, during PAX, because PAX is all about showcasing a bunch of games. I mean, granted, mostly indie games. So they had on the screen the five houses, four or five houses, and all the games from PAX that are recommended for your gaming type. And they're being like, they they go move up and down like as people are rating them live. And I talked to them, and I don't want to false promise anything but those are the guys that i'm in talks with that maybe they could come on to the boss rush podcast and discuss the findings of where all the games were rated from packs depending on those houses that'd be amazing yeah, yeah. also cool. you, also you said they they're they are they have eon gaming eon, you said? Yeah. yes they make they make those hd converters for gamecube and n64 oh, that like up-res your GameCube and N64. And they're like the converters are like really expensive, high-tech, mm-hmm. like $150. Yep. So that's I, them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't I know mean, like the exact relationship, but I, I found that they're 
connected or I don't know. I'll get you more details, but I know they're, they're related. Um, so that, that honestly, that was one of the highlights. It wasn't even a game. I mean, they're great. I think they have an awesome concept. I hope they can find a way to scale and maintain, uh, because, you know, I can make this argument all day long. I feel like what, whether one, uh, whether someone likes a video game or not, it's ultimately subjective unless the game is actually broken, you know, um, and we we only have a limited funds, right, to buy games. So we got to, you know, anyway, so that's crit rate. I Let's highly recommend live it. Live on air. <laughs> yeah. And you let, let us know what house you're in. And I wrote a great article on it, um, descriptions of uh, what those houses are. Maybe I can describe them when you guys get your results eventually. Um, hey, how long does it take to get the results? It's quick. It's... um. A couple questions per page, seven pages, I think. Like, I did it within five minutes. Okay, so we have to sign up for this. Okay, so, so much for being anonymous. All right, whatever. Anonymous? Let's do this. You don't want yes. to be anonymous. They want your information, Laron. I know. I know. That's the problem. I should link this, I should link this to the actual Crossroads <laughs> email address. Do it. Um, I, I'll, I'll do my personal. Uh, okay, I'll do. I'll do. For what it's worth, once I as soon as I signed up, I didn't get spammed with emails by them. Like I really, you know, and you don't pay anything; you just an email and password. Um, yeah. so that's a big one. Um, just breeze through a couple more. I play, demoed a few games by Dear Villagers. That includes Fort Solace. Maybe Laurent might have something to say about it. Uh, Fort Solace is, I guess, one of the bigger indie games there because they have mocap. Uh, and Troy Baker and Roger Clark are will be playing in that game. Actually, Roger Clark was there. I went on a panel on acting, bringing characters to life with motion capture. So one of those panels, uh, Roger Clark was there in person. It said Troy Baker, but Troy Baker only sent a video message, and I was very upset. Um, working on The Last of Us Part 3. He doesn't have time. <laughs> no time, no time. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, Laurent, if you're busy taking the quiz. I don't know if you want to kind of chime in. But Fort Solace is supposed to be a science fiction. I don't know if horror is the right word. I would use more of thriller. Uh, people would, the, the actors and actresses were hinting at it being like really violent and scary. Uh, unfortunately, when I played the demo, the demo was only of probably the very beginning of the game where I'm literally walking to various rooms. And that was pretty much it. So I didn't get any semblance of um, this action or thriller or part of it. And I think I kind of broke the game because you listen to an audio log. I left the room. I came back. The audio log replayed again. And while an audio log is playing, you can't interact with anything in the room. <laughs> what? What? Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe it was just my luck. Yeah. Um... Ooh, ooh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to say anything because I might, I might sound mean. But hold on, this is a tech demo. But technically, you didn't really get to do anything except listen to something. No, I mean, I walked from a, I, I walked through a couple rooms. Um, mm -hmm. I solved very light puzzle elements to get to said other rooms. Um, someone or something may have been present and sent. A cart crashing my way, uh, but that's kind of it. And then it left with me kind of opening up the station and entered Mars because that's where it's taking place. Fort Solace is on Mars. So okay, all right. Before I before I pass any real judgment on this, did you did you 
did you like conversate with anybody else that may have tried this demo out just to see if there may have been something different? Because you know how uh, there's uh, I've seen in the past where like, for example, uh, PT Silent Hills, like that was a that was a demo that, you know, like you one out of three people experienced it differently. You know, because like there's because like it was a it was a like a vast puzzle or whatnot, and you know like not everybody saw the exact same thing. There were some things that are hallmarks of the uh, of that demo, but they didn't. But not everybody saw the exact same thing. They, they got the same conclusion, but not they didn't experience the same like gameplay element to it. Well, uh, uh, people in socials holler at me, but I feel like it was pretty linear. And I had a PR person, so she wasn't the dev, but she was something who knows about the game she was there and she didn't really point out like you could do this you could do that she's like oh you just mm -hmm. need to i forget unlock this door i'm like okay i'll unlock the door um, uh, i'm not trying okay. to make fun of it like i said like i i can't make a decision i just don't know if that was the right choice of what to demo i don't know i'm Whoever's demoed Fort Solace at PAX, please let me know if you have any <laughs> other opinions. Fort, wait, is it Solace or Solace? I called it Fort Solace, okay. and that's how right. the people. That's all the same. Yeah. All right. Um, um, let's see. I well, I see some. I see some articles on Euro, like digital trends in Euro Eurogamer are saying some interesting stuff about it. incredible character animations are step forward for video games. That was yeah. from uh, Digital Trends. Your gamer Fort Solace is heading up to PlayStation Five. This okay, never mind. That doesn't really say say much. Uh, I mean, yeah, the the graphics and stuff and the motion capture is fun. Um, I'm 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 torn because I feel here's my here's my thing. Right, you're you're at this, you're at this event. You're at PAX and stuff. Right, you know, PAX might as well PAX might as well be fucking E3. You know, at this point now because E3 is just a mess for the third year in a happening? row. Is it even happening? That's the question. I know Ubisoft. Yeah. Ubisoft backed out, and I'm like, damn! If you if you lost Ubisoft, something's wrong. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say because Ubisoft, Ubisoft, in my opinion, you know, like they don't they don't bring the boys to the yard. In my opinion, Ubisoft is, Ubisoft <laughs> is also kind of in a shithole right now. So it's true that true true yeah. But yeah, uh, but anyway, um, but anyway, so you so I don't know. You bring this you bring this thing to, to PAX, and PAX is basically like E3 pre show. Honestly, you know, um, and from what you explained to me and I and I'm I'm taking your account to be pretty accurate, Stephanie. But from what you're explaining to me, sounds like they brought a half ass demo there. And um, I, I don't know how I feel about that, because it kind of gives me the same vibes as when, like, you know, like developers send like review codes like two days before the game is out <laughs> or or we have like slipshot demos that are supposed that that end with please pre-order the game, you know, and stuff like that. So I mm, and like the, they let press see this. Ugh, yeah, I'm torn because like I try to I, I try to be very objective about this stuff, but I'm the same person that you know like the the hairs in the back of my neck stand up, you know, when I see embargoes on reviews or I or you know I or I hear like you know like hey we didn't get a review code until two days before the game comes out or 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 better yet. Or better yet, we had we had we had a review code that we had three weeks in advance, and then they scrapped the whole thing since so a brand new review code. It's a different game, you know. So it, that's kind of stuff that just drives me kind of insane and stuff like that. And I try to be pretty objective when I like review stuff and stuff like that. But you know, like that right there, I probably would have walked out there and be like, no, I'm not reviewing this game. <laughs> it, it, I'm not. It, I'm not putting any words out for this game. That would have been me personally. 
No, that's fine. I mean, I think what ultimately kind of confused me, right? Because when I mm-hmm. first walked out of the demo, I'm like, all right, well, we'll see. Was that when I went to the panel later, when, again, Roger Clark and they were talking about Fort Solace, they, and I'm sure they were paid to do it, but they were talking it up like this amazing freaking story that will give you nightmares in your sleep. Like, oh my gosh, it's so violent and blah, 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 blah. I was scared. I'm like, and that you didn't is have like. one jump here. No, I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, like, is this the same crazy. game? It seems like the, maybe they just wanted to focus on like the the graphics or something, like a technical showcase sort of demo. Maybe, but yeah. it's not really indicative. Oh, it's not really indicative of what the actual game is going to be like. So that's not really a good demo. Right. You're not showing off so, the core gameplay mm-hmm. of this yeah. game. So I would have like, yeah. came back from PAX and wrote and and am I the asshole thread on top? <laughs> God. <laughs> Ooh, uh, yeah. uh, I don't know. We'll like, uh, and it comes yeah, up we'll, this we'll year see too. Because, like, yeah, uh, it looks like summer, late summer or Q three. Um, mm-hmm. from what from what this is looking like, you know, I've got my eye on it because, like, you know, like, uh, like this is one of those. This is one of the many sci fi horror games that were show that were showcased last summer during during E three season, and yeah. uh, and it looked it looked interesting. I mean, you know, like, honestly, the 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 game looks like if The Martian that the the movie of Matt Damon was a horror movie, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that's what it, that's what it looked like from the from the preview trailers and stuff like that. But uh, but I mean, like if they couldn't even give you like one little jump scare, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of afraid. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, unfortunate. But I, I I hope honestly, I hope it's just the fact that they just didn't choose the best part to de- demo in. That's the best case scenario. So we'll see what happens. You know, I actually was hoping I got an interview with the president of the of of Dear, uh, Dear Villagers, like president of publishing. But it was through a third party person and they double booked and I was never able to reschedule. Um, so I was really bummed out about that. Um, let's see. Uh, just real quick, I'm going to go through a few more and I'm just going to include kind of what maybe David and Pat covered that I couldn't. Pat and David tried out WrestleQuest. Um, oh, you can RPG, check out an article. Right? Yeah, Wrestling RPG. Yeah, it looks mm. really cool. Um, what else? Um, has anyone played Don't Feed the Monkeys? Do Not Feed the Monkeys? It's a digital voyeur sim, and there there's a sequel to that. I talked to the developer of it, and he was super nice. It was just you know cool to get you know hear about hear about uh, him creating it. Uh, I tried uh, Road ninety six Mile Zero. So you guys remember Road ninety six? Yeah, what well, that's that weird has that weird like comic book art style, right? A little bit. So it's um, it's showcased at an indie world, sh- indie world showcase. It is one where your character hitchhikes their way across this fictional country to kind of escape whatever political oppression there is, and it's literally like choose your own adventure. Oh, you can like talk to certain people or do certain actions which influence what outcome it is. I was really interested in it. I bought it. I just haven't had a chance to play it. So obviously I was like, let me try out their Mile Zero, and what Mile Zero is supposed to be is like a prequel to before road 96 as but here's another funny thing again it's all about choosing your demos right i jump in i'm thinking okay i'm going to be hitchhiking or doing something like same style choose your own adventure narrative story with several endings it was i was okay i don't know how to explain this It, it was a music element level meaning you are on rails uh, like you're a kid on a skateboard and you're moving and you're avoiding objects and you're jumping and you're ducking and collecting crystals while music is playing. 
I guess see the look on your face, Grayson. I was for a go- good few minutes. I then paused the game and I googled Road ninety six because I thought I got the name the the game wrong. I'm like, this isn't the same game. Like I thought I I, I got this incorrect. It was a completely different genre, completely oh, different gameplay. Confused the fuck out of me. I even like pulled the lady to the side. I'm like, isn't this? Isn't Road 96 a game where you just walk around and do different things? And Hitchhike shows, yeah. In this prequel, you have these musical levels where you blah, blah, blah. And I'm, and it tells the story through that level. And I'm sitting there like, like and I asked, I'm like, aren't, aren't you afraid the people who like Road 96 are people who are not going to like this and it's going to confuse them? Oh, well, we have the same elements from Road 96 like in between mixed in. I'm like... You're like okay, I, I don't know. So interesting, interesting. Yeah. I was confused. I was so confused that I had to look up the game to make sure I was playing the right game. So <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, and um, I'm gonna wind down with just a couple more. Uh, Lasby played Strayed Light. I don't know if that's something that sounds familiar to you guys. I played Gory. Gory, cuddly carnage. You play as an orange kitty, and you ride. Yes. A, you no wait. You ride around on a hoverboard, and you kill zombie unicorns. I've seen. I've seen. I've seen like a preview of that game. I can't remember where I saw that. It. it was somewhere on YouTube, and I was like, and and I was thinking the same thing. The commentator was like, "This is the craziest shit ever," but maybe, but but it's past for me. Past. It was actually a lot of fun. Don't don't be discriminating against cats, okay? Um, no, I, I I don't like I don't like zany cat. like off yeah, the yeah, wall yeah. like 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 this is this is why the 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 what was that goose game Untitled Goose Untitled. Game was I, huh was that the name of it Okay, yeah, Untitled, Untitled Goose, goose game. game is a little different than Gory Cuddly Carnage. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that game Naughty Bear where you were like the teddy bear? Oh my god, yeah, like, PSD, that, was that was fun. That was fun. Dude, it's similar. Uh, Gory is was is developed by a. I keep using the same words over again. The developer specializes in horror games. That's all they put out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is not an Untitled Goose Game. Okay, you kill oh, things that scary. killed humans. <laughs> um, so the last two I wanted to go over. There's so much more, but I I don't want to you know take up all the time and stuff. Is a corgi's cozy hike. I've been meaning to swing by this booth and they were slammed. So I only got, I got to see them on the final day. Very small two person dev team, a cozy Corgi's hike, you know, very small, very simple. Um, They've only made mobile games to date, but you play as a cute little Corgi and you just fly around a little Island and it's so cute and it's fun. And the best part is 20% of pros uh, of the profit goes to helping animals get out of a shelter. Luron, don't give me that face. Don't <laughs> you looks like a animal hater. I was, I was, I was, I was getting ready. I was getting ready to check out. As a matter of fact, I was getting ready to like kill my camera. And so you said about the whole part about the animal shelter part. And I'm like, okay, I can't be that big of a dick. I can't. <laughs> so it, so it kind of looks like a, a short hike too. It has like that pixel, that, that low, like lo-fi, like animal crossing looking style, which is really you cool. Nailed, you nailed it right on the head. They said the inspiration was a short hike. Yeah. Um, 
Looks so good. Listen, Laron, they raised about $15,000 for animal shelters and they got 30 dogs adopted. So shame on you, you dog and cat hater. <laughs> I'm not a dog and cat hater. I, I am I am not. I am How not. many dogs have you got adopted, Laron? Uh, was that well my la- well my last dog was my last dog was a rescue and my and my roommate and his girlfriend literally just got a puppy on sunday <laughs> and she's and she's starting to be my best friend <laughs> go home Ron. wait you're already home never mind uh no um uh and just for those that like developers with a good cause Ron. Um, they, Scalisco, Scalisco, I think that's how you pronounce it, the developers, they are launching a Kickstarter uh, next week. So I'm keeping I an eye just, on that. I just got an email from them announcing their Kickstarter launch. <laughs> well, there you go. Oh. Um, and then like, last... Well, I, it, was it a reply to my email? Anyway, we'll talk offline. Last but not least, because we might spend some time on this, is Yacht Club Games. Mm. I, I swung by on the first day on Thursday just to say hi to Celia, and I think I freaked her out. I, I gave her a hug. <laughs> she was in, probably like all in like work mode, and it's chaos. I'm like, hi, it's Steph from Boss Rush. I probably should ask permission to hug you. Sorry. Um, I meant well. There was a you know Shovel Knight Dig and Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon, but also Mina the Hollower. And let me tell you, next to Devolver, because Devolver was there, and I didn't even I didn't even bother with Devolver because they had lines wrapped around their booth all day, all night, all four days. Just forget it. Like I, I didn't have it. No. So next to Devolver, Yacht Club was probably one of the next ones that always had a perpetual line for Mina the Hollower. It was insane. So thank you, Corey, for getting that appointment <laughs> um we got our own booth we sat with one of the developers of mina who it was Which one his name is eli yeah sorry i got you you I know like, who that is i like yacht club oh but you I, know who eli I follow, is i follow him on twitter i don't know okay. him but all right well it was I great just, you could have said any name you could have said steve and i would have been like yeah <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, we like we love you, Eli. It it was great. Um, both Pat and myself demoed Mina the Hollower. I had fun, but I'm really bad at those kind of games, and I died like 20 times. Whereas Pat, he beat the entire demo, including the boss, all in one go. He got an applause from the dev. He, wow. uh, nice. Like, because he's like, so many people like couldn't even get to the boss. Some people had like came back twice, three times just to speed run to get to it. It is again very much Game Boy aesthetics, Game Boy sound uh very um a a link's awakening oh yes Hmm. well the aesthetics links awakening i should say and in a sense i think there's a little bit of like almost a souls like element to it but it's not as punishing um you they they uh had us demo three different weapons there was a whip there were dual daggers and a hammer uh a, a lot of adventure uh, the Mina can burrow underground uh, and then pop up and pick up a boulder and, and stuff like that. So there's a lot of like kind of hints as to where you see Shovel Knight influence because she burrows underground. Mm. Uh, and the way the dev put it, it goes, Shovel Knight is like our Mario where Mina is like our Zelda. You know, Shovel Knight's their, their mm-hmm. main IP. It's mm-hmm. the, the you know, representative mascot. And then they want me to, to kind of be the more the action adventure that Zelda is that they bring to Yacht Club. That is so cool. I'm so excited, I'm so excited yeah. for Mina. 
I'm so excited for Minas. Yeah, so that was probably one of my favorite demos, not to be cliche, but it was just really such an experience. Um, and I still have yet to, uh, to mail you that they everyone autographed that that card for you, Corey. So oh, I still saved it. It was very nice. Thank you. Yeah, so I literally word vomited for like a half hour, and there was just so much more to talk about. But I felt so honored and privileged to talk to developers, hear their stories, especially, you know, the smaller ones, because they're extremely passionate about it. And I also appreciated the, you know, the, the networking. that I met so many other content creators. We exchanged business cards. We're still in touch. One of them wants to come on to, wants me to go on their podcast and talk about packs. This type of community is amazing. It was a lot of positive energy and it just, I want to come back for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> I want to, I want to go back. I am very sad. I did not get to go. Um, it was pretty crushing actually, but that's okay. I cried alone under my desk for a little bit. It's oh okay. no! You kind of you kind of made me cry. I'm just saying. That's okay. Yeah. We cried together. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk about it on After Dark. Okay. <laughs> well, Ron, uh, I see that you took the quiz. You are an ascendiary. Yeah. Okay. So. so Welcome to House Ascendiary. You're going to love it here. Below, you'll find a summary of your results as, as well as a breakdown of the seven dimensions that characterize you as a gamer. No stone left unturned, no achievement unclaimed. The Ascendiary won't settle for anything less than 100%. Mm. Their dedication to specific games is often rewarded with a level of knowledge and skill that few can rival. <laughs> Monster Hunter. Exactly. <laughs> Your results shows you engage equally in mindless fun and friendly competition. You prefer games with distinct tasks and you spend most of your time tearing it up in solo games. Yeah, that sounds like me. And you're not alone. 526 new players have been initiated into House of Cindyary this month. All right, so let's see. Top picks of the house. Resident Evil 4 Remake. God of War Ragnarok. Metroid Prime Remastered. Uh, Vampire Survivors, Legends of Heroes, Tales of Azure. It's funny that it's funny that this is mentioned. That this is mentioned because, like, I've I've actually been hovering on should I buy this game? Actually, I've been hovering on that one. Like the Legends of Heroes, this one. the trailer, are, are those uh, the trailers yeah, games? Uh, trails to Azure. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to start those that game too. I know it's like a it's like a crazy series where it's hard to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dead Space remake. Of course, I just finished that, um, and I'm about to jump into New Game Plus sooner or later uh high fly rush is in there i don't know why they said kirby's return to dreamland deluxe i'm never playing <laughs> that game uh, wolong fallen dynasty that's that's been it's it's been loaded into my xbox live uh well my, my i'm sorry my game pass games but uh, i haven't um but i haven't started yet and uh hogwarts legacy which is on my list and i will be playing that probably it might be a summer game for me hogwarts legacy i want to play i want to play after all the hype has died down you can play uh, that switch version coming in july no, I don't want to play a Switch version. <laughs> and then there's a then there's some gamer traits. Let me see. I'm 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 fifty fifty in competitive, so they call me, they call me a ready rival, um, a loyal wanderer. I am sixty seven percent solo, thirty three percent multiplayer. Uh, challenge. I'm a sweet spotter. <laughs> I like it. Fifty seven percent. I like it easy, but forty three percent I can also uh, deal with, dif uh, with difficult. Uh, let me see. I'm a mainliner. 
Okay, now this is creativity. Mainliner, you'll dip your toe into every game, into everything a game has to offer, all of its modes, side quests, and mechanics. But you prefer to spend time on on the few things that you truly care about, like the story, multiplayer mode, or petting your pidgeot <laughs> over and over again <laughs> until it beats your friend who who clearly had the superior Pokemon. That sounds like me, actually. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Um, they also called me a shot caller, uh, a fable finder. A fable finder. You still like to see receiving all the features the game has to offer, but solid plot and compelling characters that are, that really scratch your itch. Yeah, exactly. You live and breathe the uh, you live and breathe the story and the world you're tossed into, and sometimes you'll even catch yourself creating your own backstories for characters who don't have one. Yeah, because I have a creative mind. Yeah, that's <laughs> video games are a storytelling medium after all, and that's what you connect with. All right. Um, Velocity Raptor. Like I prefer, I prefer games that are a little faster paced than the slow paced games. Like you, you throw me a game and says, "Oh, it, co- it takes like a hundred plus hours to beat." I'm probably gonna be like, uh, "Next." <laughs> those are the highlights of my. Those are highlights of me uh, of my thing. But uh, yeah, I, I kind of like it. That's cool. I started to take it, but it was like too many questions right now, and I don't want to like focus on that and not listen to. Oh no, no worries. Just make sure you share with us later. But yeah, yeah, that's later. pretty cool. And um. You know, since since we're on it, like just real quick, uh, as a curio, not my top recommended games were Resident Evil 4, Bayonetta Origins, Cereza and Lost Demon, uh, Legend of Heroes, Trails to Azure, Rulon Fallen Dynasty, Octopath 2, Horizon Call of the Mountain, Atomic Heart, Like a Dragon, Ishin. Mm. So, um, mm. Interesting batch so of in, games. Yeah, so these are the five houses real quick. Vantagist, that they focus on strategy and difficulty. The Curionaut, they focus on experimentation and slow-paced gameplay. Ascendiary, Laurent already described. The Galabander, they're more for fun and multiplayer. And the Bravadier for glory, which is competitive spirit and fast-paced gameplay. Anywho. This is cool. I kind I kind of like this. Um, yes, definitely. Since you've got the line in on them, definitely try to. Um, it's your job <laughs> to get them the boss rush. It's your job. All right, I, I will do that. So that's a just a very whew, just a glimpse of what Pax is. I don't know if y'all have any questions, but uh, I I I will definitely want to do that again. Yeah. Well, I hope to I hope to join the festivities next year. Yeah. Um, Same. I'm going yeah. to. Uh, I mean, I will. Be, I'll be you, there next year. I just in uh, the in the week or two before you have to go there, you just might want to put yourself in a sensory deprivation tank and just yeah. stay there. Yeah, you. I know. That's the only. That's or the only way you're going to avoid. Isolation. That's the only way you're going to avoid like the, the creepy crawlies. That's the only or buy a hazmat suit. I told Corey a thousand times, get a hazmat suit. <laughs> Well, the problem it's like cosplay. People cosplay there, so that'll be like your outfit. Just say you're from 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 some random video game or something. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it did bankrupt me because, and we'll talk about this soon, right? Surprise, surprise, surprise! Nintendo decided to show off a bunch of things about a certain franchise and also drop an OLED that I happened to buy. So now I'm like really, really bankrupt. Yes, I have words for this. So yeah, oh, you here we go. No, no, I'm. I, you know me. You, you, you know how I am. All right. Are I we ready to move on to the next topic? The so links are listening. So, yeah, Just link, you. link, more links. I got my Skyward Sword <laughs> yeah. link. I got my eight bit link. And, I got my toy link. I, I almost, I almost, uh, I almost, uh, I almost impulse bought that Toon Link amiibo. I almost <gasps> impulse bought it. Oh. Uh, 
such a good one. I miss that. And all the Link ones, I feel like, are awesome. Mm-hmm. Cool. No, yeah. but I might, I might go back and buy the, buy the, uh, buy the more realistic Zelda one, uh, the Legend of Zelda Amiibos. Which one is that? That's the Skyward, Skyward Sword, Sword one, isn't it? That's the only yeah, one that's... I don't have. That's the only one I don't have. That's the only one you don't have, Corey? Yeah. And of course, I, thought, I didn't think I had the Wind Waker one, and I do. I don't have the Smash Wind Waker one. I just have the Wind Waker Wind Waker one. Mm. <laughs> I saw a bunch of the Amiibo like on sale, and I've been using quotes because like it's still more expensive than the original retail, but it's still discounted from the jacked up price. So that's where I got these two from, and I also got Wind Waker, which was the most expensive of the bunch. I got it like for forty five dollars, and then all of a sudden oh. now it dropped the dual pack at target. I'm like, F, <laughs> but I missed it anyway. I, what do you guys think historically? Like if the wind waker said at target, the pre-order is sold out now, do you think it'll either go live again or at least will be available physically? Or do you think this is really going to be a rare situation? Um, I, I think they will. I bet there'll be a small release of ones in store that are actually uh, available. Because oh, I might consider so. returning the Wind Waker one then. I really do want the Wind Waker one. It's it's I can't predict. You know, it's hard to tell. Look what happened to um, the Zelda and the Loftwing. It like sold out immediately, and now like stores can't get rid of it. <laughs> oh, man, yes, man. They got my first four games wrong on this list. You're mm. a curio not just like us. Hmm. Hmm. Wait, who's us? Oh, uh, like you? I guess. Uh, Corey's a curio knot. I'm a curio knot. Pat's a curio knot, and David mm-hmm. is a curio okay. knot. Yeah, they got my first four games wrong though. Where are they? What are the four games? Uh, Resident Evil Four, God of War, Ragnarok, oh. Kirby's oh. Return of Dream Land, and Metal Hellsinger. Stop! Stop! <laughs> you're an you're a Nintendo person, so like even if you're thinking that Kirby no, Return of Dream Land, Horizon is number five. Hmm. Man, this this is all kinds of wrong. Then that means then that means you if if your saying is wrong, then that means you've answered your questions not not as either I, accurately I them or them as tr- accurate as possible. Uh huh. Uh huh. Mm. If it's if it's like if it's like the Myers Briggs test, man, then 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 I, you know you flubbing, buddy. I I never played a Plague Tale Requiem. I've heard it's good, but I have like zero interest. Well, Octopath just because you have zero interest right now doesn't mean it's not a good game recommendation. I know, but Octopath Traveler 2, too. I didn't care for the first one. Uh, Trails of Azure. That one's uh, like on everyone's uh, list. <laughs> both of yours. Yeah. Yeah. Metroid Prime Remastered. And Her- the only two games on this list that I could say I actually really like are Horizon for. Uh, oh, no, this is That's Horizon Call of the Mountain. Yeah. yeah. Which is random. Mm. To Metroid is like the only game, <laughs> pretty much. Neat, that's fine. Excuse me, but yeah, it said I got of war 100%. I'm like, man, yeah, we can tell, we can tell though. Nintendo fans are all up on this because, like, because like Metroid Prime Remastered scored higher than Dead Space Remake. Hmm, um, hmm. okay, yeah, all but. Right. I'm I'm happy with I'm happy with my results though because like a lot of these games that were that are on this, the the house's picks like you know either I have played or they're on my list of games to play. Can you ch- see the games that are on the other lists after you take the test? That's a that, good question. Because that know. would be 
really interesting to see what games are on the other list. House top picks. These are the house top picks. So where are my top picks? Uh, Explore your gamer house. Yeah. I mean, this is is cool. I'm just trying to figure out if I can see the if there was something else that like. Well, my house is. My house is excited for Star Wars Jedi Survivor. I like that. My well, house you guys, is also excited for that. If you guys want to, like, we can kind of explore this and talk more about it if we can get them on the show. But for now, we should kind of move on to another topic, I think. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> Stephanie told us we had to. I didn't say we had to. <laughs> um, all right. So do we want to talk about Zelda or Resident Evil first? Um, we were kind of talking about both so whatever okay (laughs) yeah Corey, how are you liking resident evil 4 oh my gosh it's so scary i want to like die every time i turn it on (sighs) which was the one time i turned it on uh i'm like so i've so i played i played a little bit of resident evil 4 on the gamecube and i like didn't really care about (laughs) it uh what around what do you want (laughs) <laughs> maybe he's gonna grayson, say that resident evil 4 is like the least scariest resident right, evil game yes. Gra- grayson help, grayson help me out here how scary was resident evil 4 when you played it like the original back in the game i mean I, I remember i was a i was a kid so i was a little scared but i was not scared compared to like resident evil first one or two two or three yeah or right anything else really well, yeah five is probably five and six are probably the least scariest but yeah i, yeah, I, 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 I forget I, will, I forget they exist Five and six are basically Gears of War games with zombies. So. The four is like that. Yeah, a good mix, I think. Of the only time four yep. was scary. The only time four was scary to me back in the day is when I got to a boss battle because, like, I hate dying in survival horror games. So that's the only time the, that re- that Resident Evil four was scary for me. And we're not even going to talk about Resident Evil five and six. You know, I only get scared when um, I walk into a quiet area and I think I'm safe and I'm collecting all ammo and shit. And there's a random enemy just like standing there in a the corner and then grabs me like yeah those little wooden shacks yeah. that are on the side of the road i usually they usually just like hide in there and you're just like well i did not see you there and just freaked out yeah the i mean the enemies aren't really that scary it's the it's the guy with the chainsaw that runs around with a bag on his head that's pretty scary especially when you're in a house and he and he's in the house and you have to like get run off. around him to get away from him <laughs> yeah uh and then i remember i was like backed in this corner and there's probably like 10 or 15 enemies like walking towards me including the chainsaw baghead guy and then the church bell rang like as they were getting ready to attack me and it triggered a cutscene i'm like oh my god thank god thank god this is your first time playing it yeah oh wow Mm -hmm. it's crazy not knowing not knowing that that's on a timer core doesn't play scary games he doesn't play scary games here's the thing i i played a little bit of resident evil 4 on the gamecube just like a little bit but i don't remember any of it okay and i was like i don't really care about this and now like i don't really know and i'm past the part that i got past. I, I just started chapter two and uh which i know probably is only like a half hour into the game but like i didn't know where to go or what to do so it took me like two hours and 15 minutes to get there which is fine uh but when you're trying to open the gate over by the windmill and like you're i couldn't really figure that out either but then when you drop down in the the uh, stephanie texted me about this last night right after i did it and she was like oh the the pig head guy and i was like trying to figure out oh you mean the nasty creepy guy with the hammer and i was like "Ah," i just was like ah 
that's a new enemy. That one he freaked me out more than Chainsaw Man. The cowhead people. Yeah, yeah. cowhead. Yeah, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, isn't it ironic that for our Boss Rush book club for Resident Evil 4, two out of hopefully four other two to be determined, where we both don't like horror games? <laughs> and I, I never played Resident Evil 4 before either. Yeah. This is my first I go. Think, I think that'll be good for discussion, though, because we don't know any better and other people do. Listen, I was horrible. That village pr- portion, the first part of the game, I died. Did they tell me how many times I died? Five times. Five times in one Not session. Too bad for the first time. I mean, but I see myself improving because I like the stats they give at the end. The so my accuracy go. was 81.7% for chapter one. And then I improved to 86.2 in chapter two. And I went from five deaths to one death. Nice. And I killed 33 enemies to 47 enemies. Here's the part that's hard for me for Resident Evil 4. I'm used to most games that I play that you can if do- you can dodge like roll or whatever you don't leon is just like trudging along and i'm like pressing the l3 so freaking hard like trying to run and that's how i ended up dying most of the time because i i can't dodge out of the way and the enemies get close and i try to run and they grab me and i'm like mm. all right that i think that's what i kind of learned between chapter one chapter two i'm like i gotta revisit my gaming habits and change the way i approach things uh, and I guess that's how I'm getting better. I'm still struggling. Don't get me wrong, but uh, it's really hard without that dodge button. Yeah, yeah. Um, I so to be fair, to be a hundred percent honest, it's it's like it's kind of scary, but it's more of like atmospheric scary. There's only yeah. one part that really like scared the shit out of me, and it's I was I was walking. What was I doing? I I was I was in that first house where you have to go into the basement. Oh, -hmm. and then you like, I forget. I forget what happened. It scared me so much. I forget what happened. But like, there's like a jump scare. And I was like, and like, I I dropped my controller. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, But then like the village part was scary because it was felt overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And then like just the vibe of the people. Also, the damn bear traps. Why are there so many (laughs) bear traps? (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying to run away. I'm trying to run away from these people. And like every like 10 steps, Leon's like, oh, God, my leg. And then like he's just like, wow, whatever. It's it's crazy how many bear traps are. I'm just just trying to run away, guys. I'm just trying to run away. They're hard to see, but you can kind of lure the villagers into them if you if you're like, oh, you can. Yeah, Yeah, I love. Yeah, I love luring villagers and the chainsaw man into a tripwire. That's great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I walked into a tripwire once. What? Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. I it's was so like, gruesome. Like he blows up into like pieces. Like, yeah. So that was fun. <laughs> I I think what helps me not be scared uh, is because of the cheesy lines Leon says. I'm like, all right, yeah. well, it's yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, Leon's pretty cheesy. Um, it's like you're watching, like playing like an action go? movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are you guys playing on performance or fidelity mode? Performance uh, always, yeah. Okay. Uh, PS5. I think I think Fidelity. Hmm. It's whatever the default was. Like I didn't change it from what it was. I think I think the default. I believe, was I believe by default. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm actually playing on Fidelity on Xbox, and it's pretty smooth, actually. I don't think I'm hitting quite 60 
frames, but it's more than 30. I just wanted to see what it looked like because I know that first area you kind of walk through and the moon's lighting up the water. Yeah. And I wanted to see the reflections and stuff, but I'll pro- I'm going to switch to performance as soon as I start playing again. I just want to I always start out in performance because I want to see what it looks like before I. Mm-hmm. Or uh, fidelity, I always start out in fidelity because I want to see how good it looks before I switch to performance. Um, yes. But it looks really good. It does. It really <laughs> yeah. does. It looks incredible, actually. <laughs> like, man, it makes me like want to play the other ones. But then I'm like, well, those ones are scarier than this. And I'm a big baby. So, yeah, like four, I think, is the perfect one for me. And that makes me nervous because I also bought RE8 and RE2 oh. remake. I'm like, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> RE2 is so scary. Like with Mr. X chasing you around. It's so like that's ugh. anxiety. Yeah pure anxiety yeah, that i hate it like yeah when they when they introduced that element to it like it really ratcheted it up for me because i was like man like this you know <laughs> it was something that was not in the original game so like it actually heightened the scare you know the scare factor and uh and it was one of those, like i said earlier like i hate dying in survival horror games and stuff like that yeah. so you know just hearing him tr- you know oh, trotting around so scary. you know and and you know, like, and and when you move, like, he starts moving faster. So it's like oh. he kind of knows where you're at and stuff. I was like, oh my god, come on! You're like solving puzzles and shit, like while he's fucking like chasing you. And you're like, well, how is this? Yeah, no, no, like just go away. And you can't really Stop. do anything about it. And and yeah. Grayson, you're playing it now, right? Yeah. So I was just gonna mention. So I I'm a big Resident Evil Four fan. Like I, I played the GameCube originally, and I that's a game I tend to replay every three, four years. I think I played it nice. on PS3. I think I played it on PS4. I think I played it on Wii too. Like that is one of my favorite, that's my favorite Resident Evil game and probably like in my top 10 of favorite games of all time. Nice. And this remake, this remake does such a good job of like staying true to the regular game, but they have so many little changes here that are for the diehard fans, like things that new players, you know, obviously aren't aware of. And even people who played the game once probably wouldn't remember. Um, Laurent, I don't know if you played RE4 a lot, but like um, this happens in, in the beginning of the game, but they introduce a character called Lewis. And mm-hmm. the way yep. they introduce mm-hmm. the way they introduce him in the remake is slightly different than the original. Um, he In the original game, he's like trapped in a wardrobe and he's kind of like tied up and like banging on the door. But in, in the remake, yeah. in, in the remake, you enter the house that he's he's in and you hear banging, but it ends up being a, a an infected person. And then Lewis is like tied up in a, in a, oh, in a yeah. body bag, and I and I and I remember that happening. I'm like, this is a really cool like fake out like for the fans. And once that happened, I'm like, oh, this is this is really cool. Like it, it's not like Final Fantasy VII remake terms of like reimagining, but they're doing things like that that are like it's awesome it's like, and really it's, it's like satisfying. It's like what they did in in the remake for Resident Evil One, where like the dogs the dogs jump through the window in the PlayStation yeah. version, and then they don't. The yeah version you expect it and then it doesn't, doesn't happen yeah. you're like wait what is gonna happen and yeah. they're like i don't know if i just don't remember but there are areas that just feel completely brand new the areas that i remember going through feel a little like remixed like enemies are in different places there are new enemies like chain there are chainsaw ladies that chase you around which i don't remember like you, you fight them pretty early mm. on um i just got to like chapter seven i think which is a uh, you get to the, the castle i'm not gonna like spoil mm. it but um uh, so I've played probably 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 halfway through I think maybe, um, but yeah, it's it's such a blast. Like this game has such good pacing too. I think it's which is why whenever I stop playing it, I immediately in my head just want to go back to playing it because it's like just like the 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 progress you're going like the progression just feels really good and natural. And I feel like there's 
such a good mix of intense situations and also like quiet moments to kind of like let you take a few breaths and then it puts you right back into this really action-packed moment and you're fumbling around switching weapons like you're pairing with your knife you're slashing you're kind of like it gives you just enough ammo too where like there are times when i run out of ammo almost i'm like i just have a handgun and nothing else and i'm just gonna keep trying to get to this area um and then sometimes you have like a shit ton of ammo you're like i'm just mowing everyone down but um god it's such a such a good game in the original does your can your knife break no. No, the, no, 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 no. In the original, yeah, that's a that's a thing they added to this game. You I can also like that. You, you you also can't parry in the original, and you can do it in this one, which is really fun to do. But, um, I just don't like the fact that my knife broke because I like my stealth yeah. kills. I like the, you I find, find a lot I though. To, I know. Yeah, you start to find I a know. bunch, and you're usually you usually have the knife. Like if you if you look for yeah. stuff, and that night, you know, if you pay attention, you find like a lot of those gems, and then you can. That what do you buy and merchant yeah. and have them fix it. That's new. That's new too. So you yeah. can like get you find these treasures and you can just sell the treasures themselves. We can like equip them with these yeah. gems and they they up the they up the worth of the ge- the treasure, which is yeah. really cool. And they have like the cases or the the attachments you can add to your case that like add little perks and stuff. And they really like upgraded the shooting range. I think uh, it sucks that they don't have assignment Ada, which was like a separate campaign where you played as Ada after you beat the game. And you kind of got to see play a few hours as her and see what she was doing while Leon was doing all this shit with Ashley, um, but they haven't like announced that or said that's coming. So that was kind of disappointing. I like, but I think I it'll think, come. I feel like that's going to be DLC. DLC. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a paid yeah. thing, maybe. Yeah, yeah, um, like a thirty dollar thing. And, they'll, and they'll, I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they'll, re, they'll, they'll rework that into something more grander too. If they're, if they, if it's like a paid thing. So that's kind of exciting, yeah. honestly. Um, and the mercenaries mode is coming as a free update too, which is kind of just like a arcade mode, which is actually really fun to do. But yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm scared, but I'm excited to play more. I I actually uh, Game Informer did a, like a, they had this video series called Replay and Super Replay, and they did one on Resident Evil Four where they played through the whole the whole game. And uh, I was before this game come out came out, and I knew that they were doing this. I kind of watched some of that to like pick up tricks and strategies i'm like this isn't i don't know why i'm even bothering watching this This is gonna be so different uh but like i just remember them using the knife all the time instead of their bullets because like you have to obviously ration your bullets and i was like oh well i'll just slash everybody who's like after they attack me and miss i'll just run up to them and slash them or whatever and then like the knives break in this i'm like oh my gosh Mm -hmm. (laughs) Dumb, dumb strategy shotgun works though Oh, love yeah. the shotgun. shotgun is so awesome. Although it took like six shots to kill the cowhead guy with the hammer. They're all takes, bullet sponges, dude. It takes so long to reload yeah. that shotgun until you upgrade it to like, you're just like, hurry up, please. Yeah. But I'm glad you're enjoying I'm, it. Like for someone who doesn't really like horror games. It's. No. Yeah, I, I mean, I see why people love this game who are who you know especially from that time right it's a good time for gamecube games though to be fair yeah uh this year it seems so i'm gonna continue playing it i have to finish it now i think it's only like 15 or 15 or so hours long yeah I think I that, that sounds right yeah yeah it's a nice little ride i'll get there i'll get there so uh all right well i guess we sh- we could talk about zelda now <laughs> I'm still like 
man, I'm so I'm I I saw so many Banjo Kazooie nuts and bolts memes this weekend after that, <laughs> including yeah. the one that I made on my own. <laughs> um, so I wanted to be part of the cool kids. Uh, so what did we what did we think, uh, Stephanie? I'm going to go your way first. Zelda. Well, here's the funny part. I'm not going to be all rainbows and sunshines on it necessarily. Not that I'm going to go the other way too. Mm-hmm. So overall, I love the, 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 the surprise part of it. I mean, it makes sense. I'm like, if they were going to pull any sort of mini director demo, it's going to be right after PAX because it, you know they didn't do anything at PAX. So it makes sense, I guess. Um, I was very hyped, very excited, finally ready for it. Um, I'm going to say what everyone will say. They've made the they've made a good choice to make Breath of the Wild different enough, so to speak, from the 10 minutes that we saw, where they gave us an open world to explore in Breath of the Wild. So we're thinking, if that's already been explored, what can they do to make it new? And instead, in, and, and they have this, even though they have the Sky Islands, they they're now allowing like a lot more crafting. Um, an experimentation. So I think game one's exploration. This one is now using your creative mind, which I'm not so good at. And I'm pretty sure we'll see a lot of um, penis rafts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um, so that part is cool. I, I really liked it. And obviously I picked up on a lot of things that other people picked up, like the Zonai charge. So ding, 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 Zonai is part of uh, Tears of the Kingdom. No story elements. Not that I was expecting it. I think the reason why I'm not as hyped as I thought I would be is because I don't know. Even though I and I feel like I'm I'm about to contradict myself. Even though I saw brand new mechanics to differentiate itself from Breath of the Wild, I still felt like I saw Breath of the Wild, but just yeah. Here's some, here, instead of a Sheikah slate, here's his hand that we still know nothing about. Except it's so not here now too, though. I don't know. So that's why I personally feel mixed. But again, that's not me because I want to criticize anyone or anything. I'm glad we have it. They, I'm glad they did it. I already pre-ordered my OLED, which I know Lauren's going to complain about in a minute. I'm still very excited to play it. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm more of a story person. I'm attracted to games for their narrative. For a demo that showed no narrative, I think that's kind of what left me feeling a bit empty. But not, that's not to say that I was disappointed, though. So I'll start there. I wonder if telling any of this narrative would spoil anything. It probably right? would. And, and I and I think they're trying to keep that mystery. I mean, not that like not that Nintendo tells the greatest stories, especially in 2023 compared to a lot of other games. But I think they really tried with Breath of the Wild. And I think, you know, the memory stuff was told a pretty good story and like there's a lot of little stories scattered throughout the world right uh and then you kind of had to piece it together and i wonder i wonder if nintendo's going to take another step forward in their storytelling with this and them not showing any of the story i'm just wondering how much i wonder how much of that opening or beginning of the story or something it'll like, dras- be drastic yeah yeah, I, I wonder how much it changes what we think is going to happen or something, right? And I just, I think focusing on the mechanics is smart if you don't want to spoil what's going to happen. Because right. they did say, they did originally say that the, that the title of the game is going to spoil the mm-hmm. game. 
And so I yeah. wonder, man, I I'm I almost wonder if something like really terrible happens at the beginning of this game. Like, wh- what if Zelda dies? You know, like I, I'm to that level of shock. You know, exactly. That so that's why like I'm not necessarily criticizing. I'm like they mm-hmm. it really must be significant, or at least it better be. So yeah. and 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 also I just know myself. I'm not a creative person. People got really creative with Breath of the Wild with how they solve things, and now you can like make whatever you want. I'm not one of those people that's going to make like this fantastical, cool, mm-hmm. creative thing. I'm just going to like glue two logs together and use that to sail across the, the river. Mm-hmm. But again, that's a me problem, not a not a Breath of the, uh, Tears of the Kingdom problem. Yeah. Plus, I wonder how much like, you know, people can get as it's, they're going to do the typical Nintendo thing, right? Where like you can get as deep as you want with this creative stuff or you can just build the most basic vehicle mm-hmm. or flying machine or something and get by right like i'm totally counting on that too you know because like you could totally make like a airship or something out of that and it'd be totally cool or you can just you know like you said glue two logs together and put one of those fans on the bottom and you can fly straight up or whatever yeah well one of the <laughs> things that he made was a raft but the wheels on the end i'm like what's that for instead of going forward he like flew up i'm like oh my gosh it's so cool yeah um i do want to say the most impressive thing to me in this demo was the seamless transition of Link diving from the sky to yes. the ground. Yeah. Good point. It was totally seamless on this device that has, let's face it, basically <laughs> 10 to 15 year old technology inside of it. It's got an iPad. Yeah. yeah. How would you wonder that? That's I'm, I'm a little surprised. Like I didn't even think about that Corey, but you're right. Cause that's, a, that covers a lot of distance and it was yeah. the whole time he went from sky to, river which if any person did that in real life their head would split open <laughs> but anyway yeah. no fall yeah. damage and you know i'm just i'm wondering how they're doing that because like i was listening to uh a podcast today and dave lang the ceo of uh of iron galaxy was on and they did the port they've done a couple switch ports including the the complete port of skyrim over to the switch and he was talking about its power levels and just how the switch runs and everything and it's like it's somewhere in between an Xbox 360 and an Xbox One is the power level. Wow. So, like, you know, it's not even as powerful as an Xbox One, which I think we kind of knew that already, but we just wanted to assume that it, maybe it was as powerful as a PS4 or something at one point. But, like, that's that power level is so... <laughs> it's so li- small. Like, how do, how do you get that transition, you know? And... And they already said, you know, Tears of the Kingdom is the biggest game Nintendo's ever made. And it's like, well, I'm I'm curious from a from a technological standpoint how this game's gonna run. Cause like the footage they showed, pretty smooth, pretty yeah. good looking. Like, I don't know if it was running at sixty frames or not. I know one of the trailers, Digital Foundry, said it was running at sixty, but and kind of hoping for a smooth 30 at least. <laughs> we'll see how the fire looks. <laughs> when you yeah. burn a field of grass around, you'd see the game just like stutters yes. like to a yeah. halt. <laughs> yeah. In oh one gosh. sense, um, about back to the crafting real quick, not about crafting rafts and shit, but more of the weapon 
the fact that he's like, oh, what if you put a leaf on an arrow and then you add, add an ice element, then you freeze the enemy or the that's key cool. eyeball that hones in. I'm like, that's that was their answer, right, uh, Corey, to their weapon mm-hmm. durability issue. Yeah. Freaking put a rock on a stick and all of a sudden <laughs> you can now beat the crap out of enemies and it'll last longer. It's blown, that blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this this fuse thing looks pretty cool. Like, I, I, I wonder how weird you can get with it. And like, it looks like you can pretty much attach anything to anything at this point. Yeah. And if they have an actual like specific thing for all of those materials, like the meat and all these choo-choo jellies and all this different. If every single thing has like a specific, like that's crazy. Like if they pull that off and you don't yeah. end up with like some repeat ones or some that, ones that are similar to each other or something like if they have an actual use, like every single one for different situations, that's going to be a, ch- a game changer. Dude, Anuma put a freaking mushroom on a shield. Yeah, that was awesome. Like, yeah, I was like, wow. That was awesome. That's yeah. that 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 I'm excited for. That was that was a good move. Yeah, I I wonder if they are going to have some sort of crafting, like durability crafting in this too. Like, I know they haven't really mentioned it, but like, that's like the one thing I think. Because that was like my biggest problem with Breath of the Wild, aside from like the lack of traditional dungeons, dungeons. but uh, was like the the durability issue was like, man, yeah, these amiibo when they drop the giant boxes out of the sky, those really help giving me weapons and stuff. But like when one breaks, you know, like I I really wish you could like craft weapons to, you know, just have one that's pretty durable or. <laughs> almost invincible you know and and, or like if one starts to get weak you can apply some materials to it aside Uh from fusing it to something to like make it more durable or fix the broken weapon or something you know almost like almost like a very elaborate way of fixing the big goron sword from ocarina time right (laughs) like i don't know i think that would be cool especially if you like have to go to the the goron mines or something and like you can forge weapons in the goron mine or something Mm -hmm. that'd be super cool but yeah Um, i do think the fuse mechanic is cool yeah it really is i I think that's the only thing you're going to be able to do with weapons honestly i think that's just them okay like for the people who don't like the weapon degradate degradation this is for you guys and that's it you can if your sword's about to break that you really like just attach it to a stick or rock and that's your new weapon that's like you're there way to go in the middle instead of like going on one side or the other um Mm -hmm. we'll see maybe they'll have some more in-depth crafting thing where if you really want a weapon to be like fixed and not fuse with something else you can do it but Mm -hmm. i guess we'll see yeah my my other solution was like what if you had quote-unquote traditional dungeons that gave you like an unbreakable boomerang or shield or sword or something. That was my other idea, but yeah, um, doesn't look like we're getting traditional dungeons in this game either. Although, like, again, we don't know. We've seen what maybe fifteen minutes of this game total. So, yeah, you know. yeah. Well, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, I was just gonna say, like, I I think you know they're they're showing so little because they're hiding something. Like, I think the gameplay we've been we've been watching is like the beginning of the game. And I think there's got to be some sort of underground whole area you get to explore. Cause I think that's the main reason they gave you that ascend ability. I don't think it, I don't don't think it's just for, you can get to the top of this cliff from a cave. I think it's like you're underground and you're going to want an easy way to get back up to the, to Hyrule. That's what's Mm -hmm. been going through my head. And also dungeons are going to be in there, like actual puzzle dungeons. So you'll use those 
you use the ascend skill to like solve puzzles in dungeons i think like imagine being in a lower level in a dungeon you have to go to like b1 from b2 and you're like going underground you know it's just like stuff like that mm-hmm. i think what could be really cool for puzzles i don't know i just i think that's why they're not showing much it's like they have something in this game that they're gonna keep a secret as long as they can yeah. and no, just hopefully right. blow everyone away yeah because yeah. i was listening to the zelda cast and at one point they're theorizing how do people how are people going to be able to get up to the sky so now anuma showed probably one of the primary ways of getting to the sky islands is using the rewind ability from the things mm. that were falling that does not answer what else we see in the trailers those green spirals that are dotted throughout hyrule so now i mean i guess you know that's probably not a mechanic to get to the sky because it's the rewind ability so what are those spirals yeah. for we also Did don't see shrines time? ever it, like when you see him diving from the top you don't see one shrine they haven't shown a single puzzle like yeah yeah like i've heard rumor like people theories that say like we're gonna be pulling together the islands to form together like bringing the islands back to the regular mainland or something like that's like the puzzle like the whole world yeah. is going to be like this big puzzle which sounds crazy like but if they can pull something like that off I'm like oh my gosh that's i don't know insane. that's it just blows my mind yeah i hope it's we're not so just like cr- raising our expectations and the game is just literally what they showed and then it's, that's it it's like well yeah it's so crazy know. that breath of the wild and tears of the kingdom are are <laughs> have been directed by the skyward sword director which is like oh my gosh this game's like the worst and then you gave us the best <laughs> yeah like man they i mean oh man i i need to finish skyward sword at some point i just but you could totally see have... like play skyward sword and see all the you know the yeah. stamina meet, the stamina meter all that stuff definitely yeah. was like the beginning of the open world thing which is so cool yeah when you it's... think about it yeah but it's and, also like, different yeah, I wonder I wonder how close the Sky Islands are going to be to the, you know, the Sky Islands and Skyward mm-hmm. Sword 2. Like I wonder if you're going to be able to see like <sighs> you know how you can see like Long Long Ranch from Ocarina of Time or yeah. some places from Twilight Prince. I wonder if you're going like, to be able to see like like the Academy you know, or something or like yeah. some ruins or that'll be cool. Yeah. yeah, that'd be super cool. Maybe Groose is hanging out up there. You can see some like statue like remains of bones of those birds that they flew around on whatever they're called. <laughs> yeah. the Maybe you can wing use the wings. Maybe you can fuse the bones together and like, oh or bring them back oh to life gosh. as like a yeah. ghost, like the skeleton. They have like skeletons, yeah. right? Yeah. You can. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, I'm We're looking forward to fighting the Reeds or two. Yeah. But uh, I think this uh, demo was kind of you know very much needed because we're we're at the end of March now. Yeah. It's, it's six it's weeks, I think, right? Yeah, just about. It's crazy. Uh, I'm just, I'm just saying, my Disney Dreamlight Valley Farm is going to be uh, <laughs> <few> roaches <laughs> for a while. So Sorry, tears Olaf, of the Kingdom, I'm never going to find your arms. <laughs> tears of the Kingdom will finally be the game that takes you away from Disney Dreamlight Valley. Oh man, I'm just, I'm just waiting. You know, I'm just waiting for Zelda now. And like, I, I, I was excited, but now that like it's done, it's here. I'm waiting for Amazon to post the controller for pre-order. Like I'm waiting for all these certain things and just seeing it and them talking about it. And I've also been running around playing breath of the wild also to get myself refamiliar with the controls and the world and the way things work. I've been, I've just been running around doing dumb stuff in breath of the wild. And I'm like, man, I am, I'm so ready for this mm-hmm. and i hope they address some of the issues i had but if not i'm gonna play it anyway because it is a <laughs> great 
video game. And that's that's my rant. But yeah, also I, wish... I think I'm going to try to finish Link's, Link's Awakening <laughs> before that too. I just wish I wasn't in industry sometimes because I just want to play this game and not I know anything else about it. Like I would I would I would block the words on Twitter and just like go media blackout so I could just experience the game and not know what the story is about, not know what the big yeah. twist is or something. Cause I'm gonna know. I'm gonna have to know like just for work everything about yeah. it. So <laughs> I wonder I wonder if they're gonna have that thing where you can go straight to the end too. Like the first Oh, one. like the first game that they'll have yeah, I yeah. wonder. They probably probably are going to right i mean that kind of seems like the big draw of these games is like you can play however you want you can fight a lion with a stick good luck i want to do the same exact thing though like where you have to fight like oh you can fight these bosses and they'll bring down the health of the final boss i I, I don't i don't know if they'll copy it but maybe there'll be some similar thing you're doing i guess i mean i don't know yeah maybe or maybe you get like a some sort of a not ability, but like some sort of weapon that can take off pieces, chunks of armor easily or something like what if the boss is armored and mm. each weapon you get from whatever the equivalent of the divine beasts are gives you that unbreakable weapon that I keep talking about uh, and you can use it against, you know, to take them down or shove off some armor, or set them on fire. Or I don't know. Something. This is something I might want to bring back here. Maybe once we start getting into that game is kind of wondering about Zelda's future, because as much as I do like th- this style, you know, every, you know, I would like to see another new 2d Zelda again, or mm-hmm. an Ocarina of time like game. But now that we're getting older and we're welcoming a new generation of gamers, a lot of people are starting to say that breath of the wild is going to be their first Zelda game. And just is just how things are with any facet of life. If people are used to Breath of the Wild as what Zelda is for their identity, I'm not sure if those same people are going to want to see a 2D Zelda game and stuff like that. Yeah, I think you. I think you got to kind of port, like really structure them into three pillars now, right? You have your 2D Zelda games, and then you have your quote unquote traditional 3D Zelda games, which would be like Ocarina, Twilight, Wind Waker. And then you have your open world Zeldas like Breath of the Wild and yeah. Kingdom. I, I I don't think I don't think we've seen the end of a traditional 3D or 2D Zelda game. Right. I, I just I don't. I mean, look at the success of of Link's Awakening. Yeah, it was a remake, but like I think people really enjoyed that for what it was, aside from the like 20 people who complained that it was $60. <laughs> um I think people really enjoyed that experience and I think people are clamoring for more 2D Zelda because I think 2D Zelda is still, especially with the rise of like indie games that are still trying to do the same thing, right? Like how many, how many times have we, how many times do we say Metroidvania like or Zelda like when we're talking about an an indie game, right? Mm -hmm. And I think, I think Nintendo would be kind of, I don't want to say dumb to ignore it, but I think they've got to see that that style of game is still popular especially now and you attach Zelda to that, you know, I mean, look how popular cadence of Hyrule was. That's almost a 2d Zelda. Like it's a, a rhythm 2d Zelda game. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, people loved it. So, yeah. Well, I definitely hope I'm wrong. That's for sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll see, I guess I, yeah. I still hope we get some sort of, I, I think they need to finish bringing a lot of those games over to the switch or whatever's next at some point, man, that's another conversation. I don't want to, I'm not ready to have, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) new Nintendo system. Uh, 
are, are you guys are you guys okay with there being I mean it doesn't need to be another trailer but do you want another trailer before the game comes out yeah yeah I mean I I'll watch it like I'm not like yeah. I'm not one of those people who are like oh new trailer blackout I can't watch it but you know yeah I'd be okay <laughs> with the new trailer because knowing Nintendo if they do release one there they still won't spoil it like they, they if yeah. they've gone this far not yeah. spoiling it they're not going to release another trailer too I, I think I wouldn't mind it just because that 2017 Breath of the Wild trailer that will still give me goosebumps mm-hmm. if I watch it yeah yeah, I can so, hear the music. Hear the music now, and Zelda crying and stuff. All, all that crazy emotional. Exactly. So I'll yeah. say this: like, I don't think I need it, but if they do it, I'll watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely Same. watch it. I'm. St- I still like get chills when I see that initial 2014 reveal of Zelda. Oh. Man, it was yeah. of the Guardian chasing Link on the horse, him jumping mm-hmm. off. They reveal of the people thought he was a girl. For the longest yeah. time, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, some people were like, some people even were like, "Is that like, is that even Link? Is that a new character?" Yeah. I'm like, "Come on, well, you are crazy!" Come like, yeah. Oh no, his hair's a ponytail this time. New character, girl, weirdos. Anyways, yeah, I think that's gonna do it. I think we're gonna wrap it up. See, look at that. I didn't. I didn't even rant about about the old lens. You, you can. Do you, you want to have a? I think it's ugly. No, personally, I think. No, that I, was like, ugly. I was letting you guys have your. The I was you guys have your moment. That's all. You can. Start. Here's 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 what I'm here's what I'm gonna say because like Stephanie, I asked you, I asked you, I asked you what yesterday or the day before. I was like, uh, I was like, oh, Stephanie, is there any chance like I might get your get your OLED switch off of you? You know, I'd buy it from you and stuff like that. And you're like, no, you're you, you're gonna retire. You're gonna retire your official, your OG switch. And it just made me just realize. I was like, man, this is why this is why the switch is gonna be the top selling console of all time. It's probably gonna probably gonna be top selling video game console for generations to come because because like I guarantee you, this is like somebody's eighth Nintendo Switch they bought oh, yeah. in the lifespan of the, of the console. You know, it's yeah. it's it's insane. It's, you know? it's like the only uh, home console and, that people have multiple in their house, basically, because people don't want three PS fives. Yeah. You know, people want like a lot of switches. Like I bought like five and switches, you know, probably. Yeah. And it's the insane, and it's the insanity because like these are the same people that will, in the space of a breath, say like, "Oh, I can't. Uh, I, a PS five or an Xbox Series X is too expensive." You motherfucker! You got seven Nintendo Switches. You could have bought three of those consoles <laughs> <laughs> with all that money you spent. <laughs> Yes, it's uh, <laughs> not, not lying. Mean, Nintendo well, fans are, are nuts, especially well, when be, it comes to Zelda. To be fair, that, to be day fair? One, my, that Nintendo Switch Day 1 is my son's now, and it sounds like an airplane's taking off every time he <clears> plays <throat> it. And and the Switch stand's what? broken. And two of the Joy-Cons are broken. <laughs> so, again, Okay, now you see, that's lo- that makes logical sense. <laughs> That makes logical sense. I'm talking about I'm talking about Herp, Herp Derp Jimmy over here who has no <laughs> wife, no kids, <laughs> has has a pet squirrel in a cage and stuff, and he has and he has a he has a switch, uh, OLED, a switch light, and he has <laughs> at least two of the special edition ones. Yeah, like Jimmy, ten Joy Cons that are like fucked up. <laughs> oh, yeah, every single one drifts. Every every single Joy Con drifts. The right and the left. No, it's uh, it's it's you know it's. You know, I don't. Want to, I, I I can't. I, I don't even want to complain about it. It's 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 crazy. It's dumb. But you know, like these are the same people who are like, you know, like, well, 
I can't I can't afford a PlayStation Five. I was like, bitch, if you go to GameStop and pawn off four of those switches, you got a PS Five. Good point though. I, I would have I would have bought this the Zelda one, but I just bought my OLED last year. It's like pretty I think it was my two. Yeah, I just want I just want I just want a basic oh I just want a basic OLED, but I but I am waiting my best to like for like this thing to like basically fall off the wheels. <sighs> and and Corey, I don't know what was going on. You remember you remember last year I was having so many problems with the dock? Remember that? Mm-hmm. It's like this motherfucker like up and fixed itself. I haven't had a single problem. Like anytime I want to play Metroid Prime, like I haven't had a problem. I will say one more thing too. There are a couple people that have come to me and asked, like, should I get this? Because I feel like the next generation of the Switch is around the corner. Like, I feel like because some people they don't want to buy this and say next year it come the the new thing comes out. Like, I get it. Yeah. I've heard. Well, why are you well, why are you wrestling with twenty five? Is what I've heard. Okay. It's insanity because wh- why are you wrestling with yourself about it? Like, if you think the new system's coming, okay, so you so here's. Take it from a take it from a gamer. If you think the new system's coming, at least you have fodder to say I can trade in to pay for the next system. True. You know? Yeah. Like it shouldn't. Yeah, it shouldn't be that hard. But also in retrospect, if you if you believe that the replacement's coming, why spend the money now? Why not spend the money now? Because it's like a it's like a large just, library of games. I would totally recommend someone picking up a Switch now. Like. Why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would, but you know, that's if you do not have a switch right now. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you never owned a switch, like yeah, but if you yeah, yeah but if but if uh, you turn around looking someone's bookcase and you see every color from every Nintendo Switch, how many? How, Corey, how many editions of the Nintendo Switch have been released? You know this. Oh god, you, you know this. Like you, you okay, know this. So there's the launch switch, the revision of the launch switch. There's the Switch Lite. So there's what seven versions of the Switch Lite. The mm-hmm. colors. There's the, yeah, because of all the colors. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's the OLED switch. There's two versions of the OLED switch. Mm-hmm. There's the Pokemon Splatoon. Scarlet and Violet and Splatoon, Splatoon versions. And now we got the Zelda, Zelda one coming. One. And then the Monster Hunter one. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot. Which yo, which yo, yeah, I, 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 I found the I found the monster I found the Monster Hunter one for MSRP. I couldn't believe it. Wow. Yeah. The only, thing, the only reason why I would want it is because of the Joy-Cons. I don't care about the, the stupid looking dock. Yeah. <laughs> That's I'm not a big fan of the Monster Hunter one. I wish they it would sell the Joy-Cons and, or the dock separate. Exactly. Exactly. Not, I just want the Joy-Cons. Not that the, I Zel- like. the Zelda one, I actually really, really love the dock design. I think it's really cool looking. But I don't really like the Joy-Cons or like the Pro Controller or anything. I know. The Joy-Cons are ugly. <laughs> the Joy-Cons are what makes it so I don't like ugly. when the Pro Controllers have like different colored bottoms. Like mm, the parts, yeah. like when it's black and like, I don't know. They always look I'll off be... to me. I don't know if it's like the side, the shape of the pro controller or something, but yeah, I'll be honest with you guys. I've always had a problem with like almost all those <laughs> pro controllers. Like they, they never, they never quite hit the mark for what, you know, like for what they're trying to like, to like, to like promote. If that makes any it sense. It's like I a kid's toy mo- sometimes. The, yeah. Like a Fisher the two Price. Monster, like two Monster Hunter one. <laughs> I hate the, <laughs> yeah, I hate yeah. the I hate the D-pad on the pro controller. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not good. I uh the only co- pro controller I think feels good is the Xenoblade one. And like even though so, I've bought I've bought two special edition ones since the Xenoblade one, I still use the Xenoblade one cuz it feels the best. It's a different from the regular pro controller? Yeah, they it they actually redesigned the D, how the D-pad functions in oh, the Xenoblade one in the special edition ones. And oh. I I don't I haven't bought a 
just a plain pro controller since then but like if you if you play with the xenoblade one and then you play with the basic black one like there is a difference in the d-pad and it's it's very oh, noticeable and i'm not somebody who like really cares about that stuff because i have like 75 different controllers for all these stupid consoles we have and like i don't know d-pad whatever but like man the the d-pad on these pro controllers sucks I'm still getting the Zelda one, though, so whatever. It'll just sit on the shelf next to my Splatoon one <laughs> and my Smash one. So. Anyways, we're getting out of here now. I want to thank you, Grayson, for gracing us with your presence this evening. Uh, you want to tell people where they can find you? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, anyone can find me on Twitter, uh, at Grayson Morales. Um, you could also find my work over at GameRant.com. Um, we write a lot of guides <laughs> there. I've been doing a lot of like Resident Evil 4 stuff lately, like the past week or so. Um, I've been covering a lot of Pokemon Go lately, so that's been a lot of fun. Um, and a lot of other mobile stuff like Doom, Mighty Doom and random stuff like that. Um, yeah, that's me. I'm pretty much primarily on Twitter for social media. I'm not using Instagram or Facebook or whatever. So yeah. Cool. Well, you know you're welcome here anytime we love having you uh yes thanks for having me. you're one of our favorite people to to have Aww. here so shucks um, open seat <laughs> anywhere on any of our podcasts you know that resident uh, evil book club yeah 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 resident evil book club i can come on an episode idea, yeah. all right well we're gonna get out of here thank you stephanie and Laron, for your time as well Bye. Uh, I want to thank everybody for watching and or listening to this episode of the Boss Rush Podcast. And until next time, we love you. Goodbye. We love you. Bye. Take care. The Boss Rush Podcast is a product of Boss Rush Media LLC and is recorded from our headquarters in Akron, Ohio. This show is produced, written, and directed by me, Corey Deering. My co-hosts are Stephanie Klimov, Laurent Dawkins, and Edward Barnell. You can find Stephanie at Klimov underscore author on Twitter and Instagram, as well as on the EXP cast. You can find Leron at Exodus803 on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube, and also on Crossroads, the video game podcast. You can find Edward at that retro code on Twitter and Instagram, as well as hosting Nintendo Podwalk. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at I am Corey in HD and find me hosting Tower Casuals, the Destiny podcast, and co-hosting Nintendo Podwalk. Find the Boss Rush Podcast on all social media platforms at Boss Rush Podcast. You can also follow Boss Rush Media and Boss Rush Network on all major social media platforms. Join the Boss Rush Network Discord and Facebook groups to interact with other friends and fans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.